0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. I am here with Jader. He's the founder of ProGeek Tech. Um, they're a web flow design agency. And honestly, he's got an incredible story of how he went from a broke single father, just freelancing, to an actual agency. And I mean, I, I think anybody who's been in the freelancer trap knows how hard it is to break free. And you know, now he's an agency, and they've got a big mission. They're helping businesses deliver digital transformation, trying to elevate their brands, and ultimately, grow as clients businesses. So Jader, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you, man. Pleasure to be here, honestly, and uh, very excited to, you know, be, uh, talk about, you know, whatever we're going to talk today.
0: Yeah. Well, the way we try to approach these episodes is that workshop format. So, you know, the story arc of the episode is we're going to yeah. start with where you came from. Right. And I think you got a bigger backstory than a lot of people. It sounds, I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah, so we'll for sure. Where you're trying to go, and what's blocking you, right? Because I think a lot of agency owners, like we hear the wins all the time. We hear how people succeeded, but it's like, man, I'm stuck at leads. I'm stuck at new client acquisition. I'm stuck at removing myself from the process. And so like I brainstorming I some I solutions there. And um, yeah, and, and then we'll just see if we can leave some value and tell people how to contact you. So why totally. don't you tell us a little bit about your past? Like, how did you get started with this? Um, how did you find Pro Geek Tech?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, before this, I used to be in a corporate world. I so I don't know many people may probably heard before about Radio Shack, Radio Shack Corporation. So I used to be a senior manager. I worked with them for almost thirteen years, and so uh, from that, um, you know, unfortunately, the company went out of business. Uh, you know, they went bankrupt. So in this case, I was, you know, pretty much, I was dry. I didn't have no savings, no nothing. And then, of of course, living in LA, I was living in LA area, Hollywood, Burbank area. Rent and everything was so expensive. So, anyways, I dried out really fast, and I didn't have no savings or anything. So, at that time, uh, I I guess the stress and everything that we had, my my wife also, she, you know, she was stressing out. She actually left, and I had two kids at that time, uh, two, uh, and the other one was four. Uh, and so, you know, uh, like what did I need to do here. So obviously, I got kicked out of my apartment. Uh, I got an eviction. I had, I had nothing to be honest. So I was like, okay, what can I do to move forward from here? You know. So I had a friend who asked me at that time. He's like, hey Jader, why don't you help us and just build us a website? And then from you know, and, and we can give you something. You know. I guess people were trying to help me out somewhere somehow. But they were not one of those is like, hey, I'm gonna give you the fish. I'm gonna teach you how to go and get the fish, right? So, which I think was a great mindset. I saw so in this case, I learned, I start learning about web design, about marketing, about SEO, about all these different things. And so during that time, you know, you know, most people use uh, WordPress, Wix, all that stuff, different platforms. And I came across in one of these groups, you know, and then this guy's like, hey, I'm trying to achieve this. I'm not a coder. I don't know this. I don't know anything about code. So I said, is there a way that I can do this without any code? And so this guy's like, hey, have you heard about Webflow? And I said, mm, no, I never heard about it. And so anyways, make long story short from that is when I started my freelancer uh, Webflow pretty much journey learning Webflow. I learned Webflow. And then after that, of course, I had to learn design. at the same time, I was learning SEO, marketing, all these different things. And then from there, to be honest, for six years, I did freelancer freelancing. Um, and then after that, I actually met another guy who actually an amazing guy. He actually became we became partners in some different projects and things like that. Is like Jader, you, you why don't you just get out of freelancing and then build an agency? And I'm like, dude, working for myself is much easier. And they're working with so many other people. So and so he's like. Just uh, so I say, you know what, I am I'm. I'm I think I'm open for that. So and so we start working our agency. Uh, I start building the agency. I start building frameworks, SOPs and all different things for our, because working on your own is so different when you start working with other people, delegating, hiring talent, firing people, you know, you know, when it comes to project management and all the different things that people don't think. Right. And so. Uh, the fun started there and honestly, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. And then of course, you know, moving forward today, uh, we are a team of 12 and so, you know, definitely we're still small, but definitely, uh, we focus and building quality and building relationship with people, you know?
0: That's awesome. So what year did you start in? So we started in 2013. Wow. So you've been doing this almost a decade. Yeah. That's impressive. Just surviving a decade is a difficult
1: thing to do, let alone
0: consistently growing.
1: Oh, Oh, believe me, man. And some of those days, and like, remember, as a freelancer, you got to like, in my case, I have two kids that I have to provide for them. And it's like, okay, sometimes you used to think I only need one client to pay me $500 or sometimes $100. And and so believe me, it was some of those times very challenging. um, So I totally can resonate with that. Yeah.
0: So you guys are at 12 people now. What was 2021
1: revenue for you guys? 2021, we did $158,000 in that nice. 2021, you know, so from, so for sure it was like, you know, for me, I never thought I was going to be able to do that, you know, ever. So, and so honestly, we, I think we're right now, we still end, um, you know, companies, they have different stages, right? And I think right now we actually barely starting to grow, like, or yeah, I think we're barely starting, right? Really not in the point that we say, oh, we, uh, you know, scaling because we're not there yet. Uh, but, you know, we definitely are growing. And I really, I would I would say fast paced compared to the previous year, 2018, 2019, really, not really. And so 2021, really, we actually, that's when we start seeing growth. And this year for sure, we'd like, we've been working with some really, really cool projects and really nice brands as well. That's exciting. Yeah.
0: And so 2021, you're 158, 2022, what are you guys on track to do?
1: Our goal was uh, to do 250,000. So uh, we're really, really close to that goal already. So I think we probably might hit it very sooner than we expected.
0: Nice. And so then the the next one is like, you know, I think everybody's in three phases, right? They have where they were, where they're at right now, where they're trying yeah. to get. To. And so what's, you know, what's the 2023 plan? What are you guys trying to scale to in 2023?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think it would be, you know, very challenging to say, hey, I want to get to a half a million dollars. So, uh, you know, that would be great for sure. But, um, you know, we really don't want to, like, I always say, you know, you don't want to try to grab too much that you grab nothing right so the idea is continue growing in a way that we can definitely uh our our team members and then as well our clients and all of us are happy working not like really exhausted because i think that can be another thing too right when you're scaling or when you're growing too fast there's too much um like people feel overwhelmed. Right. So, and we, we want to maintain continue growing in a good pace and a fast pace if it's possible, but at the same time have control over, you know, like not feel overwhelmed. So I think for next year, I think if we can grow, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to $200,000 in a year, I think we'll be, I think we'll be in a good, a good spot.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I I was really surprised at how helpful it can be to cross a couple thresholds, right? Like crossing the Mm -hmm. six figure threshold, then crossing, you know, I'm sure you guys will get there too. Like when you cross a seven figure threshold, you're like, wow, life gets a lot easier, right? Because you got some processes, you got a team around you. Like it's not just trying to figure out everything from scratch. And have you ever read the book? Oh, I think it was Great by Choice by Jim Collins
1: no no i haven't read it yet i'm gonna have just, to put it on my list you know
0: you could probably read a summary and the summary would get you the important parts but he has one thing called the 20 mile march and talks okay. about how great like some really great companies what they do is they they pick a growth rate that they're going for let's say if you grow at 20 a year for the next 10 years you're gonna have a huge company on your hands right and totally. if you some people they double and then they don't grow at all right so it's better to grow consistently than to have like a big pop and
1: drop down, and big pop. Exactly, exactly. And that's what I mean by, you know, like consistent growth, right, over time. And instead of try to grow so much and then you drop, then it's like, what happened next?
0: Exactly. So what's the what's the constraint, right? So you say, all right, we're at 250, maybe 275 for this year. So next year you want to be at, we'll call it uh, 375 minimum, right? You want to add 100 grand, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe as high as 450. Right, which right. you're spitting distance from half a million if you can hit
1: 450 right which is definitely man if we if we hit the half yeah honestly that's what i want to get to obviously half a million to obviously at least uh for following year so yeah i think like i said it can be a huge challenge but i think it can happen
0: yeah i usually think of it as like all right how can we for our team planning sessions we'll do like all right what's our our stretch goal right what's our like goal we're like pretty sure we'll be able to hit, you know, kind of average. And then what's the like, oh my gosh, if we fall out of bed, we should at least hit blank. Right. And though those three numbers help to give a range for me. True. Um,
1: So yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I mean. Like my, my case, if we say, Hey, uh, this year we're going to hit 250, let's say next year we hit 350, which is, you know, a healthy goal. Yep. Um, And then after that, if we can hit half a million, obviously, that would be awesome. You know, yeah, and of course, that's I think, honestly, we could, Um. It, it, you know, like you said, you know, put in the right process, put in the right things that we need to put in place. I think it can happen, you know.
0: Yeah. So this actually is a perfect segue that brings us to like the meat of the show, right? The real fun part is what's, yeah, every system, like a business is just a system and it's got a constraint. It's got something that it's holding us back. And and sometimes you fix one constraint and you have, you're always going to have another constraint pop up. But if you're going to look at your big processes, right, you could say like lead generation, sales and fulfillment, then which of those categories is holding you back right now?
1: Uh, I think I think it's uh, it's it's two of them. One of them is definitely um, lead generation consistency, right? Because we we do get lead generation, but I think um, our main thing here is we don't have a clear process, and so we actually just hired recently some new people in place that we actually are building a specific clear funnels, clear messaging, clear offers. You need to have those things really because if you don't, as an agency or as the owner, you have not defined these clear or is it clear in your mind, but not clear for them. There is a disconnect there, right? <clears throat> and so you need to make sure whoever you, you know is either the person that is doing your you know uh, lead acquisition, they need to be clear as well. What kind of offer you know, what kind of messaging that we need to you know uh, deliver time after time Um, that's one I think consistency though because in our case we definitely have leads enough leads and most of them of course they find us everywhere in the internet as well Obviously referrals but we don't we don't have one defined you know predictable pipeline time after time like if I say today I'm gonna go and get 10 leads or 20 leads is it gonna happen we do have some ideas to do that and we actually are doing it but it's not 100% predictable. Um, so that was what I mean by, by that. Uh, number two is uh, it's talent. Honestly, that's one of the biggest, like me, I'm extremely picky for design. So like, and oh my gosh, I have interviewed so many people that they consider themselves to be experts and have really cool portfolios. And you go into their dribbles and B hands and all of these different things and it looks amazing. But once they actually go to work, their designs is like, what happened here? There's, you know, inconsistency. And I'm like, you know, and so a lot of the times the problem with this is like, that I need to train them, right? Or teach them design, because that's something that it takes, it's over time. It doesn't happen from one day to the next, right? Um, when it comes to other services, obviously like SEO or PPC or content writing, we obviously, I think those, definitely we have a very good process, but when it comes to design, I think for us has been a big struggle to find a very, um, you know, find talented people when it comes to the design perspective.
0: Yeah, that's real. I I think like that funnel for hiring, for us, it's more of a sales struggle, right? Finding like the the sales people and just having a good funnel. Well, not, not so much the leads themselves, but the sales people, right? Like when we're putting, for building out the sales team, that getting, getting so I can appreciate the struggle of like, it looks good on paper, and then you start with them and and the results just, you're like, man, I don't, this doesn't match up with what
1: was on your resume and- Exactly.
0: Yeah, I forgot yeah, exactly. to ask one important question though, who is your target client?
1: So in the past, of course, it used to be, you know, small businesses, right? Pretty much, or whoever show up in the door, <laughs> that's what I used to say, it's anybody. Yeah. Um, Recently, though, uh, I we know we talked about obviously, you know, niche down, niche down, niche down. People talk about niche down. Other people they say niche up. You know, uh, honestly, the problem with us with Webflow is because Webflow is such a new platform. And believe it or not, I do we do linked, uh, LinkedIn messaging. Uh, so we message people through LinkedIn a lot. And it's funny, we obviously work with agencies, uh, other agencies, uh, so and then also SaaS companies. Those are main people that we work with right now. And it's funny, I would say, I, before I used to think that was 70%, but now, honestly, based on the messages and going back and forth, I would say even higher. So like maybe 90% of people that only use WordPress, they don't know, or they never or they never heard about Webflow. So Webflow is really, really like, doesn't exist. So in our case, it's really hard to sometimes niche down to say, hey, I'm only going to work a specific vertical and, you know, and so we're going to have more. So it's it's been that challenge for us. So in our case, we don't, obviously our niche is Webflow, right? But not really to a specific vertical, like if you're a dentist or if you are, you know, I don't know, uh, I don't know, a plumber or whatever. So we don't, we don't really go after um, a specific niche like that.
0: I actually have a kind of controversial opinion because our agency—it's about hand-drawn whiteboard videos, right? And yeah. uh, and it's a similar thing. I think you have to either niche your service or mm-hmm. niche your like—you got to be specific about the service or specific about the niche, right? And so, you know, you decided to be specific about the service. We do Webflow; we're Webflow experts, and that was similar yeah. for us. Like, we're like we're whiteboard video experts. And we can do it for software and we can do it for this and we can do that. And so I think that it's the problem usually is when people don't specify either one, right? They're just like, I do any service. You you talk to an agency and you're like, what do you guys do? And they're like, we do PPC, we do SEO, we do WordPress, we do Webflow, we do plumbing, we do car mechanic. Like we do, you know, it's just like everything listed. You're like, I don't know know about anything. Believe
1: me, I used to be there too, man, you know? So.
0: <clears throat> yeah, so I totally a
1: starting point, but it's, yeah. it's hard to stay there, right? It's, it's it not is, place it place. is hard. It is, it is hard, believe me. We used to, um, before that, and I, the reason I think is sometimes tentative, you know, like in our case, we, you know, we do a lot of research when it comes to keyword research and things like that. And we notice like example, if you look for web design, there is millions and sometimes like hundreds of searches per month. Versus, if you say workflow design is twenty, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, So it's like, okay, which one do you want? You want you want ten thousand searches, and you want to be there, or you only want twenty searches, right? Obviously, that's the huge difference. But the intent of each of them are completely different, which in this case is more resonate to your audience, you know?
0: Yeah, and the, what I found was, uh, for our agency, we we like couldn't rely on search because there wasn't demand like search works when people know they want the thing. If you have a painting business, people say, I'm looking for a painter in my area. Like, yeah, perfect. Well, that's a great search tool or brick painter or whatever. But yeah, I think for web flow or for whiteboard videos, most of our clients, they don't, they don't realize that even like maybe they've slightly heard about whiteboard videos, but a lot of them, they're just like, Oh, that's a cool idea because you sent it to me. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. What's your average deal size? Like how much is a client worth for one year in general?
1: Yeah. So in our case, because Webflow normally will work by project basis. So now if we do SEO, it's a little bit different, right? But if we do Webflow designs, um, average projects goes, you know, 15 to 25.
0: Okay. Yeah. So you're like right in the sweet spot for Outbound and that's great. Yeah. Um, So I just am really curious about, you know, you mentioned you guys are reaching out on LinkedIn, like. What's the outbound process? Because I feel like the bottleneck is the same because hiring is, it's a, it's a funnel, right? It's an outbound funnel. And then right. acquiring more leads, if you are in a market like we're in or like you're in is an outbound funnel. Up, up till probably I'd say a million or $2 million a year agency. I think you can like outbound is where double
1: down it work, really works well. So what's, mm-hmm. what
0: are you guys doing right now with outbound just out of
1: curiosity? So the only thing we do is pretty much, and that's what I mean, we just hire a new guy that he's going to be focused in email marketing uh, and uh, messaging, right? But before that, uh, we used to only do messaging. That was our main thing. So obviously do LinkedIn messaging through the entire time. Uh, We have a specific process that we train, obviously our our assistants to do it. Um, But one thing is we noticed when it comes to that was like, you know, LinkedIn, you uh, you probably are LinkedIn as well, but LinkedIn normally, we get bombarded, right, by so many people trying to sell yeah. you something. And so yeah. in our case, I told, you know, like we train our guys, it's like, we don't want to sound salesy, right? We don't want, we want to build connection with people because that's what people want to want to build connection. And so the idea, I think the problem in, in her case was like, how can I make a transition, right? From being yeah. connecting to actually now selling and so sometimes it's it's a harsh turn right from one thing to the next and sometimes that's when they get lost uh but yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty much what we're doing so far It's just we're doing uh linkedin messaging but we're going to start now doing um uh email marketing and then linkedin messaging as well nice so what kind of volume
0: like i yeah i think of the funnels for everybody right like How many contacts do you all put in? And this is targeting just any business. Do you have like revenue requirements that you generally use to target or number of employees and what title are you
1: targeting? Yeah, so because we're going after SaaS and agencies that we wanted to partner with, right? Now, the only problem is agencies sometimes overlaps, right? Because they think like, hey, you're an agency and you want to take my clients. I don't know if that's the mindset that they may have. But in our case, of course, it's like simply... You know, I'm I'm an agency too. In some cases, I might need help with some of the stuff that I feel like, hey, I'm overwhelmed or things like that. So the idea here is, how can we easy these pain points that these agencies may have for them to actually be more effective, right? We build an entire site. I don't know, maybe it was like, um, like sixty pages and make in two weeks, okay? And now, nice. that's what I mean. Like the that's work, nice. the it happens is super fast. And so, of course, you have to have a clear-defined content and and designs and things like that be ready, but, you know, it can happen. Um, But when it comes to, like, the number, in our case, to be honest, like, the number of messages we sell, send per month is maybe, like, 500 to 1,000 messages per month. So it's really not a lot, you know? And so the number of leads that we get is, like, you know, if we get... We are very small agencies, right, compared to big volumes, right? So and we don't want to work with everyone, right? We wanna make sure work with the right person, have the build connection, you know, things like that. So normally uh with you know, if we get ten to twenty projects, we're already full. So we can take more than our max maximum projects, it's twenty projects asset agency. So the average we, we normally maintain to try to keep between five to 10 projects. So if we do more than that amount, we're already, we're already, that's already too much. So, so in our case, we don't need a huge number of, uh, I would say converter conversions because, and in our case, to be honest, like most of the time we get leads or prospect or people that we connect with, I would say our conversion rate is pretty high, 50 to 70%, you know? So normally we'll get in a call, we present what we have. Of course, like me, I really hate to sell. I used to sell, obviously, Radio Shack. That's the one thing I knew how to do very well. Obviously, I train over 300 employees. So when it comes to people selling, I know the tactics of it. And I really don't like to sell anymore. So I want to build connection with people and try to help them. Right. And if I can do that and show things that I can do for them in that case, sure. More than happy to partner with them and then and work in those things, you know?
0: Yeah, I I think you're right where it's sales, where you're like convincing somebody to do something I I just don't think is a great model. But it's more like, look, here's yeah can I help you with this problem? If yes, then we'd be great to work together. If no, they're not going to be happy anyway. And so totally. no reason to like push them into it. So I'm, I'm a little stuck with the, the, you're saying though 50 to 70% if they jump on a sales call and um, how many out of that thousand people, let's say you do 500 or a thousand, if you did a thousand outreach messages via LinkedIn, like the connection requests and everything, how many appointments on your calendar would come from that, do you think?
1: uh normally we say a percentage right so um probably less than one percent i don't know maybe 0.5 percent something like that um yeah and so um you know very low number of course you know uh and like i said of course these messages you send in their cold messages is not like you already know them and building connection with them now it's a different story once you actually know them right but if you don't know them it's a cold messaging so people don't accept them you know, very like, um, like, hey, send me little cold messages you want. So, of course, like I said, we try to build a connection first. However, yeah. though, um, most of them they either get rejected. So, you know, uh, which is fine. Um, and so, in our case, I think definitely it's less than one percent.
0: Yeah, I mean, no judgment on it, right? Like, I think that cold outreach generally has a low. And we book like less than one percent as well. I think it was like 06 percent of people turn into meetings. But you can you can sell seven figures with 06 Oh, for sure, people, man! Exactly. You
1: know, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yesterday.
0: Totally. So the the interesting thing, like with with what you're trying now, you know, with the email and everything, do you feel like it's still a roadblock, or it's just like a roadblock you've solved that you're waiting to get, uh, waiting to have the solution take full effect?
1: Yeah. Well, we're in the progress, right? We're in progress right now. So obviously, we just hire a new person. This person actually is not in a it's not having to start yet start on monday uh of course i think the other persons that we have we have two other lead acquisitions and so uh they haven't done a great job obviously i think they they have done a great job when it comes to you know messaging people getting engaged with them and things like that but they haven't do a good job when it comes to the transition from yeah. connecting to selling and so that's yeah. the the disconnect between what they do and the other person now these other guy he seems like he knows what, you know, He that's what he does. He does lead generation, which I think is important to know. And obviously, this is a, a learn learning <laughs> thing that I, I sometimes we want to pay cheaper. And so obviously, when I say, hey, I look for a virtual VA, I'm going to train her. I'm going to go through the entire process. And you think that it's going to happen. For sure, it can happen, but it can be painful in a long time you to get those results then say hey I'm gonna hire someone that already knows how to do it and see if we can get it faster same thing with our thing right so obviously we get people telling us oh I can find someone to do it cheaper for sure but definitely the results are gonna be so much different so and yeah. so you know let's let's learn over here
0: I'm with you I mean even just for the agency hacker stuff right like you know it's gonna be it's like fifteen thousand to sixty thousand dollars fifteen thousand for a quarter sixty thousand dollars a year and people go oh man, that sounds so expensive. It's like, look, it's about ROI, right? And I think of like the, a salary for an employee or just whatever somebody's paying for, right? I look at it and go, am I going to make significantly more back from it, right? And everybody knows what their ROI calculation has to be. And it's hard though, making that transition because at the beginning, ROI doesn't matter, right? Like when it's just you, the freelancer, or when you're a young agency, you're like, I don't have money to risk on this investment. I need True. to do it all myself. Right. So I, I can appreciate where you're coming from with not getting a higher price person at first. But I, I do imagine that's a better move for the long term.
1: Right. Totally. Totally. The other problem, though, that I have with that, too, is sometimes and this is what normally happen. Right. People get burned um, and, yeah. and normally you hear it quite often, like people, they pay 20, 30 grand for these different things and then nothing nothing that they expected or, and so unfortunately, sometimes the balance is like, okay, I know when it comes to like, I'm going to pay this, but is it, am I going to get it? Right. And so that's the problem that sometimes people struggle with as well. Like to know, I, I going to give you an example with me, right? Obviously I'm an agency and we, I get approached for so many people offering me, Hey, I'm going to help your agencies to grow to know they're 100 grand 200 grand a million and people offer and offer and offer all these things the problem is like you always hear these things and the question is how do you know which one is actually the one is going to deliver that and which one is not right because that yeah. is the issue man so over here is not only saying oh i'm okay or willing to pay for this but really who's truly going to deliver this or who's not going to deliver that you know what i'm saying no it- I think that's a great point and
0: and it's actually a struggle with any kind of vendor or even an employee, right? I think that like we will take like uh cold outreach. we do internal cold outreach we have four sales development reps, we have a sales development manager, right we do not for agency, but just for the agency itself and um and it's like, man, we have tons of outreach, and even people that guarantee stuff sometimes like I've had people run off with the money I've had people like Uh, it's just, I mean, I just got a guy that was uh, guaranteeing he would deliver this many appointments, stopped answering my emails, his domain went offline, like all these things. You know what I'm saying? We're just clearly scammed. Right. Clearly, clearly scammed. I was like, man, I've been doing this for almost a decade and I still just got scammed by this guy. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's just, I think that what, I don't know if this is is helpful for you, but I, I started thinking of like in terms of bets and this isn't original to me, right? This is a, a pretty common yeah. thing but going like all right what's the what's the expected value on this bet and so some bets i'm like all right this is a low probability of success but very high payoff or this bet is high probability of success low payoff what you don't want to do is like a high cost low probability of success low payoff right like those don't make any sense and right. um, I think that's that's the hard thing to figure out, right? Is like, what thing is, and I, and I could appreciate it even with like, I, I wanna get back to your stuff, but I can appreciate it even with like the coaching we offer at Agency Hacker where people go, oh yeah, well that's 15 grand, how do I get anything back? I was like, look, honestly, we don't guarantee anything because it's gonna depend on you. We can give you our experience, but it's gonna depend on you. And the, um, I think knowing what bets are right for you at the moment, right? Like a bet that's right today, it was not right for me yesterday and might be not right for me tomorrow. Um, so I can really appreciate that. I really respect that. Totally. With your with your bet size for the outbound person, just out of curiosity, what's the like what was the virtual assistant versus what are you paying the new person?
1: So are you talking about like their salary or what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking so like in our the case total cost of it,
0: right? Like virtual assistants are like three bucks an hour, five bucks an hour and then
1: yeah yeah um in our case yeah you know we we pay them uh salary based right so which definitely like my case uh, my motto is a little bit different I honestly I believe in freedom so like I don't want them to be a slave of the hours right so it's like what we care is about the results in the end of the day so it's so same thing I do preach things I believe I right? preach and I put it as to them as well I say, hey. I don't really care how many hours you work. I simply want to see how many what results we're going to bring. So if you want to do it, it's up to you whatever time, how many times you spend is your choice. So so in our case, we don't really uh, require any specific time. Uh, however, though, we did let them know that how many appointments we wanted to have, right? So we yeah. want to have five, 10, whatever number of appointments. And so in our case, we just pay them uh, uh, per appointment. Uh, so we pay him salary and we pay him appointments so we obviously want to incentivize the hours they spend but also we want to incentivize as well the effort that they're making so in this case yeah. that was our approach in radio shacks so obviously every time they made a sale they get bonus so in this case the yeah. same thing idea here so uh so every appointment we pay them an extra hundred dollars for every appointment so in this case if you make 10 appointments, you made a thousand dollars. If you make 20 appointments, you made an extra $2,000. And yeah. so that incentivized them to actually make good money. Now, obviously, you know, people average, you know, average person makes in the United States is four to $5,000 a month. So if you're already making, you know, whatever amount it's up to you, like you said, it, it requires effort. Now that's one part of it, right? But the other part too, is the quality of the lead. So in our case, we also pay them for actual sales that we make. So if the person actually we mm-hmm. made the sale with that person, we actually pay another hundred dollars on top of that. So they don't make the sales, they don't make the calls, they don't do anything. But simply because we want to incentivize the quality of the person that or well, the conversation went before they actually got to us, we incentivize that as well. So we pay them on top of that per actual sales that we make so in this case they could be making four or five thousand dollars in a month you know but obviously it has to be an effort now let's pretend they have no they make no sales they make no booking appointment at least well they're still stable they still can get their salary base and you know they're still okay with it but then obviously unfortunately companies cannot survive that way in a long time it's like hey you're working but you're getting paid but you're not bringing anything yeah. Unfortunately, that's not gonna be sustainable for a long time. Yeah,
0: what was the base salary for the older or for the like current person?
1: So these people are based in obviously Philippines. The Philippines is really good people when it comes to communications yeah. and things like yeah. that. And uh, so we pay five hundred dollars per month to these people, which five hundred dollars over there, believe me, it's it's really yeah. good paid already. You know yeah so we pay 500 per month. we don't pay hourly rate like i said because we don't care we don't track hours we don't do hours uh i simply pay him you know their salary every month so um so we have uh two from the philippines we just hired this new guy uh he's coming from india so uh but we'll see the differences mm-hmm. when it comes to that you know
0: me me and are you paying him the same salary
1: to start with so we pay the same salary yes and they will of course in the but you know, like I said, I always tell them, like, look, if you really want to focus on your salary, your salary is not going to be nothing. Yeah, I think you should focus in like, you know, how much how many appointments can you bring? And how many sales can we make? And that's what you're going to make your buck, you know? Yeah. Um, And so that way, obviously incentivize them to actually do better job than just be sending a message, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I can really appreciate that. I think that, um, This is, you know, this is a take it or leave it kind of idea, but what something that's been really helpful for me on this like lead generation issue is actually vendors that will work on paper performance uh, because Mm. it's just like, it's just really hard to manage people and train them to do it. Right. And even with like, even people like we have an in-house team and they work really hard and there's just something for somebody who's willing to start their own company. And they're like, yep, I'm going to run this. Right. You can say, I'm going to pay a hundred bucks an appointment or 200 bucks an appointment. Sometimes it's more per appointment for us, but it's like, it's just so nice because. Yeah.
1: You know, it's funny though, because that you said that um, I did try that twice and honestly fail. And that's the reason that I say, you know what, I need to hire our own people. Um, Because like going back to the same thing, like I say, how we know which is the right agency or the right person or the right, because there's so many people that are promising all these things and then it doesn't happen. And then you're like, ah, dude. So, you know, I just got to go back to star zero.
0: This is going to sound so cynical and like, I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way, but for me, I've just found that it's like, I got to take a bet right where I'm like for outreach people, for every three agencies we hire, we expect one to do well, right. And not do well forever, but that's just like, that's the ratio that we expect to see. And whether it's oh, okay, paper okay. Performance or whatever, like it's like for three, we'll hopefully get one, and um, and we just it's it's a it's kind of like do you do much ad creative testing or messaging testing? We we did we do messaging testing for sure. Okay, so you know how like so my background was copywriting. And you'd like, you'd see the copywriting course and the copywriting course is like the words that'll force your prospects to buy. And like, they'll be, they'll <laughs> have to whip out their wallet or whatever, like, you know what I'm saying? The stuff for like, how to create like seven figure ads and just, just yeah. all of this yeah. stuff, right? And you're like, man, if you could predict that, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't sell me the ebook for 47 bucks. You would just do it. Or it would be quicker for you to just do it again and do it again and do it again. But the fact of the matter is all of these, like business, we get paid, right? When you scale to a million and two million and 10 million, right? Like you're going to get paid a lot more than your employees because you took a lot of bets. And, um, and I feel like it's the same way for us at our agency. Is like we get paid to take bets. We get paid to live with uncertainty. And there's no way that I have found, if you find a way to do it, please let me know. But there's no way to remove that uncertainty. And I got, maybe I'll try to send it over afterward if you're interested, but I have a little, like, a little way of looking at vendors of trying to say, like, have they done the exact same thing that I'm asking them to do for the mm. same kind of company? Um, we sell 20. to Fortune 500s or companies, hundred million dollars and above. And if somebody comes to me and says, we have, we get 30 appointments a month. I'm like, okay, who'd you get them for? And they're like, we got them for, even if it was like a web flow agency, we got them for a web flow agency. Like, well, we sell whiteboard videos. Maybe it's similar enough, uh, and it's like, well, how big were the companies you got the appointments with? They're like, they were five to fifty million dollars. I'm like, cool, great, but five to fifty million dollars behave way differently than hundred million dollars plus. It's just exactly. a completely different ball game. The job titles are different, like, you know. And then getting them to walk you through the process is also helpful for me. I'm like, hey, tell me what you do. I'm not. I don't want to do this myself. I'd rather pay you to do it. But like, what's your process, right? Like, And if I don't believe that your process and whether this is a coach or whether this is like uh, somebody else like, that is going to be a vendor, I just want to know what their process is. And then I'd be like, yep, I believe in this process or I don't. Um, mm-hmm. And the last piece that's the hardest for me is just like, how long of a bet is this? Like, yeah, it, it, it'd kind of be like going to the racetrack. I don't, I don't know if you gamble at all. Hopefully you don't. I don't gamble, but... But it'd be fun every day, right? Um, and if you go to a horse race, like you have to wait until the end of the race to see if your horse won. And the problem with like you know poker or horse racing or soccer, or whatever, is people like they have simple rules and they're very well defined. And life isn't like that, right? We have mm-hmm. complex systems that we have to deal with. And so I just look at them like, how long is this race? How long do I need to give a vendor? So I'm like, well, I probably need to give them three months. How long do i need to give an employee and and it all depends on how long it takes to book an appointment like for salespeople, we have a six month sales cycle so it's like 12 months before we can really make a call on the salesperson and Mm. uh, but those those are just some initial thoughts because yeah there's i i haven't found a way to be sure
1: either like i i think yeah 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 no and i don't think like you said i don't think you have to be sure you know obviously in the end of the day we just try to balance to say your risk, right? Uh, exactly. At the end of the day. So, um, uh, for sure, you're not going to find, you say, Hey, if I, the first one, I, the one I pick is the perfect one. Definitely. That'll be, yeah. uh, that'll be great, but it's not going to happen. So, and honestly, like going back to like, you know, like you said, maybe I have to continue trying. The only problem sometimes is like two is cost, right? Cause if it's Definitely. something going back to the same thing, if the risk is high, but the cost is slow, no problem. But the problem here is sometimes the cost is high and the risk yeah. also is high. And so in that case, is you got to like try to manage that, like mm, no problem, you know?
0: I think of it as like poker tables. And I was telling my wife about this because she we sat down and um, we were actually in the car driving and she was like. I don't remember how it came up. She said it in a really nice way, but basically it's like, you've lost a lot of money trying different things was the uh, you know, the, the conclusion of the conversation. I was like, you're right. And I realized that sometimes I'll sit down at tables, right, at poker, there's a minimum bet size. And, mm-hmm. it, and for business, there's a minimum bet size. So like hiring a virtual assistant is one bet size. And, and you can like, that's a $500 bet. You see in a month, they were good or they weren't good. Right, like hiring um, a salesperson for enterprise sales is like a hundred fifty thousand dollar bet, right? Because mm-hmm. you have like a, hiring a designer in the United States is probably seventy five thousand. But like, you know what I'm saying? Where there's there's like different bet sizes to it. And totally. I think with like your size company, what do you think your bet size is right now? Because that's a question that I found really helpful. Mm. Like, what's what's the maximum table I can sit
1: down at? Yeah. I'm not sure. Like, it depends obviously what kind of, you know, are we talking about the lead generation part? Or are we talking about, you know, the fulfillment part in this case? Of course, yeah. in our case, we have designers, developers, you know, which ones is the one, um, you know, so it depends, you know. So in our case, um, when it comes to Webflow development, of course, I am a Webflow expert. So I'm a certified Webflow expert. So yeah. I do know 100% Webflow. So when somebody comes and talk to me about Webflow, I definitely can tell if they do know, if they don't know. I obviously, when it comes from design too, you know, I, I understand, you know, I commonly issues when it comes to alignments and, and structures, when it comes to layouts. I can tell immediately, right? But when I'm not an expert in it, I think that sometimes that's like, mm, wow. how do you do that?
0: Jader, you know? you're speaking my language. This is a question. And this is the other topic that drives my wife quite crazy is, <laughs> How do you judge competence where you're incompetent, right? Like I'm not a surgeon. If I need surgery, how do I know if this was just a surgeon who paid a lot to get reviews on Yelp, right? Or he's yeah. a legit good surgeon. Like, I don't know. Maybe I like him a lot, but I don't need to like my surgeon. I need a good surgeon. And True. the same thing with various processes, right? Of like, How do I find competence when I'm incompetent? And so, wow, we could have a whole show on that question because that's a Yeah, that's yeah. A
1: I agree with you, man. Yeah, we're hitting a lot of stuff over here. We're a lot of stuff. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we got to have gotten far afield from the constraint, but the uh, you know the constraint of you know, how to get consistent lead flow, right? It seems like yeah. one of the big constraints for you. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, in, yeah, yes, yeah, that was like, one. It seems like you've got a a plan that you're working now, and you know, you it's going to take some time to see if it works, right? How like. Yep. Maybe this guy's going to be great. Maybe he's going to move in the right direction and, and you're not going to have that constraint anymore. And then the designer yep. question, right? Like the. Yeah. My question for your designer um, constraint is what does your hiring funnel look like for designers?
1: Uh, that's a good one. Actually, I don't have a funnel. The funnel is me, man. So I simply, what I do is either. I actually go and I have so many groups I go into UI UX designers right or uh Dribbble or Behance or whatever and I look for specific things in this case let's say we have a project for I don't know let's say a SaaS and this SaaS is based on I don't know productivity right <clears throat> so in this case I look for productivity designers right so oh I look for any type of design that is related to that that I think that designers can relate to, and I reach them. I say, hey, I have a project in mind, which will be open for a small conversation. And so we start a conversation. So my funnel, I do have a funnel, but not a you know, a digital funnel, like I would say, but I have a process, I would say, not a funnel. I think it's more like a process. Um, and so, pretty much, I, I I message them, right? And then once I message, we obviously I ask for their portfolio. I go and review it. And then, the honestly, the first thing I do is I just invite them to do a quick. Uh, I say I'll pay for your time. Can we do a a tryout? And the tryout is can you design whatever it is? I give you a a elements or or I give you a content structure, whatever it is, and then me whatever you got and so that's what i've been doing lately and so and that's when i identified that problem we have here though going back to the same thing right not only are we spending time and money but also on top of that is like it could take me i can go through last time i went through 80 designers to find one so yeah. which is is it, painful from that perspective right yeah. and that's the thing right so in this case unfortunately that's the one of the best things i found so far because otherwise there's no other way around it like yeah. okay you say you're a good designer but okay let me see what is your process going back to what you say okay show me your process some of them they have actually good process and the way they actually design thinking but when it comes to actual designing things it's like you know it's a disconnect it's like I, it seems like they made some research and they actually understand they speak the language but when it comes to do it, it's the disconnection. Um yeah. So going back to this, in my case, the process is simply m- identify whoever is going to work, message them, invite them to actually do a design. And then after that, we simply, hey, if you're a good design, you have a good uh, uh, process, you know, good design skills in this case, okay, I want to invite you to see if you can work with us. You know, uh, and so once we we do that engagement and then that continue. But like I said, going back to the same thing, I'm extremely picky when it comes to design. I re- I see a lot of things. Um, and so a lot of the times I, of course, I do believe as well in in, in positive. Um, what do you call this? Uh, um, feedback. I've tried feedback, yeah, positive feedback, like, hey, why or sometimes I ask the questions like why did you do or what did you think this or what did you do that? And try to identify their thought process behind it. Um, because a lot of the times we, you know, we see some things but we don't actually we had a thought process behind that. So I try to identify what is that thought process, why they got to that point, why they actually did that. And in some cases it makes sense, some cases it doesn't. And that's when I is like, if you just put it because it looks good, but it actually doesn't have a meaning to it, it's like I don't think she did it you know what i'm saying so so i thought about you know all these little things behind it as well but going back to the same thing you know the challenge sometimes is like you got to go through a lot of people to find the right one and my friend tells me all the time it's like you gotta kiss a lot of frogs in order to find the princess
0: yeah i i think that your friend is dead on right like it's just (laughs) like fortunately frogs keep your lips moist because they're so slimy I don't know, <laughs> but I I feel like the you know, it almost seems like you you're at a meta stage right? where your constraint isn't the specific problems, but it's like identifying biggest blocks and like iterative processes. I, I think what what most uh, and this is why I started doing some of the agency coaching, because I really got tired of people saying, I've got the answer to your problem. Right. Like I can tell you this thing It's like, man, if you can tell me that, like, sure, I'll pay you the money. Come do it. Let's do this. But most of the time, it's just like, how can what helped me a lot in my business was like, how can I zoom out and come up with frameworks to approach problems? Right. Because it's just like it's so difficult. You're I mean, your process doesn't sound bad. Some ideas are like, are there other places that you could look for designers? Is there are there pieces that you could have a virtual assistant do the outreach on? Because outreach for this is very straightforward, right? Are there could people scrape this and it's an easier review process like, you know, there might be some different ideas on it, but it's really just going to be like your process, the fundamental process. Could we track this better and could we have somebody else do it? It's like, I think the struggle is just the the leverage, right? Is this the highest leverage problem for you or are there other higher leverage problems that you could work on? Mm -hmm. And. Um, generally sub a million dollars, I feel
1: like sales is the biggest problem. I I agree.
0: Now, you know, do you do all the sales or does somebody else do the sales or how does it work?
1: No, I do the sales 99% of the times or that 1% is when they already say, ah, you don't need to sell me. Let's just go ahead and start (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I I think that it's a really difficult thing because it's it's so uncomfortable. But I I found like usually when I hear from agency owners at sub seven figures, it's like it's a sales problem, right? Every everything up to the first million is sales, you know. uh, Up to ten million is like team, right? And and sometimes you can even like you know for most people I think man, if you can increase prices, if you can if you're closing fifty to seventy percent, I'd be like man can we increase your prices by 50% because it, you could close 20%, right? And we can, well, I guess we, if, if you can double prices, like we just doubled prices until people stopped paying them. And yeah. like, man, it's really easy to hit 500 K. If you charge 50 K per project, you need 10 projects in a year, right? Can you get 10 projects yep. in a year at 50 K? Bet you can. And, yep. um, and those kinds of things are like, it's it's almost like the problem isn't the problem right the lead lead generation and everything it sounds like you got some good processes going the hiring if you ignored that you probably could pay more for designers and still be okay but unless you can grow sales it's going to be really difficult right yeah i agree I well agree. this is this is super fun i know that it doesn't have any easy answers but it's really i think helpful for other agency owners to hear like what's somebody trying right now what's their process i i like your uh you're like, kiss a lot of frogs model, right? I think that's a really good <laughs> one. Uh, the, last, you know, the last couple of questions to change gears and wrap a little bit are um, yep. more like, more are just kind of the fun ones. So in the past year, I, this is a pet theory I have of mine. I'm, I poll every agency owner and I, my, my theory is around um, investing in education. So like in the past year, uh, how much do you think you've invested in like courses, ebooks, coaching?
1: A lot. Uh, I have so many courses, so many books. I don't know, man. Um, definitely, I got a lot of them. So if every course, I don't know, they worth I don't know three, four, five thousand dollars, I probably spend more than a hundred thousand dollars I think more That matches up with what I see from a lot of people. is like
0: like I think a lot of business owners, they take big bets on information because they're like, man, if I can unlock this, um so yeah i mean there's a guy I talked to you a couple days ago he has like 25k easily
1: right and then it's it's so interesting um yeah yeah i have so many courses that pff, man i have take so many of them it's incredible uh yeah. there are some of them that obviously i actually use them today and i think it was worth the money uh yep. some of them like related to seo uh, actually <clears throat> and and webflow there is no you know there's some of them they teach you basic stuff but they teach you some things related to process, but nobody is up there. But when it comes to business and agencies' growth and things like that, I have watched so many of them. Um, the problem with, like I said, a lot of them, it feels like they're not very, I don't know, it sounds, It's it's, it's more like, It's okay. I'm going to make this course and i put as many, as much content as I can, but there's so many things that they're really useless. That's the point.
0: They're too general when you get like too broad. Yeah. Yeah, I I can appreciate that. I wonder, this is a side note. I wonder if you're going to
1: launch a serious web flow course in the next couple of years of like
0: Mm. legit. Believe me,
1: I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. Like, do you obviously, I think one of the, I know this guy, his name is Joseph. Uh, he's a Webflow expert, amazing design that he makes, um, and he's, he has a course and, but he teaches you know, related more to designs and things like that. I think if I really have to, um, do something related to Webflow, maybe as an agency will be, what are the agencies can do in order for them to grow and scale, yeah. you know, from that yeah, perspective, yeah. because. The skills, I think it can be really easily acquired, but when it comes to the other things that I think agencies struggle. Maybe it will be yeah. the, the thing to yeah. do. I would
0: highly recommend a stick into the agency thing or stick into the course thing initially. Like, again, sub seven figures. But it's just a it was just a tangent thought of like, oh, man, what if I'm talking mm-hmm. to a future Webflow expert? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love this, man. And then the, the other this. fun question is um, what. And there's two ways that I ask question, you know, because not every, some people will have really good books. They read multiple times. Do you have any books you've read? And we'll say like
1: business books, read more than three times
0: no. or three times. Rather,
1: to be honest, I never read books. And the only times I read okay. books, um, it, it, like the book has to be extremely good in order for it. And obviously one of the books commonly everybody reads is what's it called? The rich, uh,
0: Thinking, um, think,
1: yeah, I think yeah, the other one, that one, what's it called? Thinking, Thinking grow Rich, right? By yeah. Hill? yeah. Yeah, right. by Napoleon Hill. I read the book, honestly, because I heard so many people read it. So oh, many no. people talked about it. I said, you know what, let me read it. Cause it's like, what's going on with this book? Yeah. Um, But really, I don't, I'm not a reader. Uh, I'm more like, I like to listen better because I like yeah. to focus when I listen things. Uh, that's why I listen to podcasts quite a lot. I do listen to podcasts better than actual reading. Um, well, that's why I like to, I buy courses all the time. I listen to courses all the time because yeah. I focus and I listen 100%. Yeah. Um, I do read from time to time if I want to, but honestly, I don't read what I do as a scan. You know I scan it. It says yeah, it's a good right. information and that's it. To so be honest, and the reason that I say this just for me like to read so much book is because the information i don't hold that information as much as actually listen that information so if you read a book today yeah if i read a book today i don't remember what that book was two weeks or a month from now like i'm gonna really remember very small versus if i listen to things i actually remember for I'm gonna
0: tweak it a little bit for you. Then, any courses that you would, that you like refer back to regularly, or like that you've been over more than more than three times, where you're like, ah, I go back to this course all the time.
1: Um, I do relate it to the SEO one that I told you that I took. Um, uh, this is by and this guy obviously. Um, I don't know if he's around for a long time, but Gacha SEO. He actually has some pretty cool courses that I actually listened to it quite a lot. And there's another one uh, is by Brian Stewart. Uh, This guy is is insane though, the way he actually present uh, his process. his big in process. Uh, Brian Stewart, check it out. He obviously is about SEO as well. When it comes to design agencies and things like that, um, I do have quite often, uh, quite a little bit of them, but really none of them that I will say, "Mm, they're the best, you know, that I will say. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it's
0: always just fun because i feel like i get some of the best recommendations from other people right where it's like totally like oh this is this stuff is is really great so yeah yeah hey, yeah hey well jader we need to make sure people know how to get in touch with you especially because other agency owners listen to this podcast if they're looking to outsource cuz a lot of times they're good at one thing right great agencies totally. are good at one thing and so how do they get in touch with you guys where where should they go how can they get reach out to you
1: sure sure so definitely LinkedIn is the platform I spend most of my time. So you can go to obviously, you know, uh, LinkedIn, you can just look for my name with a Y, Jader, Y-A-D-E-R-G-I-L, Gil. Uh, you find me in LinkedIn or, of course, go to our website, uh, ProGeekTech, okay, P-R-O-G-E-E-K-T-E-C-H, ProGeekTech.com. And then, of course, message me or schedule an appointment or any of that stuff and let's just connect. Great.
0: Well, Jader, it's been super fun to have you. I really appreciate you taking the time to hop on the show and looking forward. I It'll be fun to have you back in a year or two years and see like where Prokey Tech is in the future.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you, Lance, for definitely connecting today.
0: All right. And to all the listeners out there, please like, subscribe, leave a five-star review. Uh, it's going to help our rankings a lot and help Jader get more exposure. All right. For sure. Lance Johnson signing off. Take care.